Lean in here for a second. So we've been talking about revival. We've been talking about what it means to change our city, to change our schools, to change our church, to center it and push towards Jesus and to um, get other people on board, right? So we've been talking about bringing friends. We've been talking about sharing Jesus with other people, being Jesus, having a heart um, that makes us like fishers of men, right? So one of these things that I, as I'm studying, coming across this is, is uh, this title that I uh, am doing for this message. This is the last one in our revival series. So you don't have to hear about revival anymore, but we're going to keep talking about it next year. We're going to keep talking about it throughout the summer. But it's this, this idea to follow his spirit and to be in the room. And be in the room, we'll get to towards the end here, but follow his spirit is um, the first part of this message. And we're going to just jump right into Hebrews um, chapter 10 verses um, 19 through 25, okay? It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have the confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great, uh, sorry, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith Brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our, our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. we got a big chunk of scripture there, guys, so let's take a second to digest it. Um, and focus in on these, these uh, main parts that I want to draw out here th- today. So if you follow me on the screen or you're reading along in your Bible, we said, uh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, which is Jesus, right? He, he died for us. We talked a little bit about this, this last week, how Jesus died for us, overcame the cross, and it allows us to have a relationship with God, right? It says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, and then with fu- the full assurance that faith brings. So the full assurance that faith brings. And that faith that we're talking about, that full assurance, is the confidence that what Jesus did on the cross allows us to draw near to God. So my first point in our message today is this. It's, it's draw near to God. This is the, the, the three chunks that I'm pulling out of this, this paragraph of Scripture in Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. It's first... Let's understand and recognize that Jesus, yes, is our high priest. He died on the cross. His blood spilled, sprinkles our hearts, and washes us clean. The washing um, here in this passage might talk about baptism. The sprinkling of our hearts is our spirit being cleansed by the blood of Jesus. If you've never been baptized before, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, I really encourage you to experience baptism as, as not just an opportunity to follow in the footsteps of Christ, but also to experience that, that fresh washing over your body, that, that symbolic sprinkling of your heart and soul in the blood of Jesus and, and rising out of that water clean um, from the inside out, or in that case, from the outside in. But talking about drawing near to God, I, I think when I went into this passage, I jumped right to the be in the room part because I caught this last part at the end. Oop, too far, sorry. Caught this last part at the end, and I think this is what a lot of like youth pastors or youth leaders, even pastors on Sunday morning, Pastor Dave, um, 
as as we we work and we put in the work to to write a sermon and to plan a game and we have our worship team working and we're just like I hope everybody comes and then you pull this passage you go like don't neglect meeting together like isn't that a command like don't neglect coming to church right and that was the first part that I pulled out of this and I went like oh like well, that's what I'm going to talk about I'm going to say that you guys should come to church every week because if you don't that's in the Bible not to to not come right. It's really easy to do that. But instead of doing that, the Holy Spirit, he kind of worked on me a little bit, convicted me, and he said, it doesn't really matter who's in the room as long as you're, you're catching the things that come before that because it's, it's the end of the paragraph. Yeah, he's making a point, but he says all of these prerequisites to not, to not neglecting that thing, to not neglecting not coming to church, not meeting together, not being with other believers. And who's to say that he was talking about a big congregational meeting of 100 or 200 people or even 50, 20 Whatever. Who's to say that? He wasn't talking about getting together with a few of your closest friends and just having a meal together and talking about Jesus, like not neglecting not to talk about Jesus. What if meeting together was just remembering that Jesus died, but remembering it with the people around you instead of, instead of saying that, that it's just a church service that we're not supposed to neglect? And yeah, we're not supposed to neglect not coming to church because there's a lot there, but we're going to get to that in just a second. First, we're going to focus on drawing near and what that means to draw near to God. So following that, that phrase, let us draw near to God, it says, with a sincere heart and with a full assurance of faith. And to pull in from one of the messages, we talked a little bit about humility a couple weeks back. Humility is the first step in drawing near to God. Because it, it takes an act of humility to want to draw near to God, right? Like, why would you not want to? Well, maybe it's the pride in you that's like, I got this on my own. Maybe it's, it's the pride in me that says, I can, I can totally, like, write up some notes and put together a PowerPoint, and I can do it without God. I can. But if I do... Is that even close to what God wants me to, to speak into a Wednesday night or whatever I'm speaking into, right? Because I have this opportunity to do everything I do with God. But you have to start with humility. And then secondly, to do it with a sincere heart, with sincerity. So a lot of times I'll catch myself and be like, oh, I got to check off the box. I got to do my devos. Which I'm telling you guys, I'm excited to start up soap again here shortly because I have been slacking from time to time, and I just find myself reading the Bible for the sake of reading the Bible and not to actually, like, chew on it. But the sincerity that we have with, with drawing near to God. So when we do draw near, that we're drawing near in a way that, that we, we truly, like, want to know him better. We don't just want his opinion about our life. We don't just want to know, um, you know, that, that, that he's got us, that he's holding on to us. We want to actually lean in. We want to actually hear from his voice. We're not doing it for the things that like that it leads to in our in our own life, but we're doing it because he saved us. Because like why not? If if Jesus died on the cross for me, if he wants a personal relationship with me, he wants me to have a sincere heart in wanting it back. Just for the sake of relationship with Jesus. Not because he's going to bless your life when you choose to follow after him. He's going to um, give you love, joy, peace, patience. Those, those fruits of the Spirit are going to come as you pursue him. He wants you just to, to dive in because you just want him. And then thirdly, 
we have to have faith that when we do press in, no matter the season that we're in, when we have that sincere heart, that he's going to be right there to meet us. Because Jesus died on the cross. There's nothing that stands in your way from knowing Jesus. Nothing that stands in your way from experiencing his presence. I overheard um, last night, I, I probably should have listened to it. I was kind of all, um, my brain was just overtaking in information. But I overheard my wife um, listening to a testimony on her phone. And it was this, this younger young adult, I guess, like 20-something person who had, had been going to church, and she felt like she was in this, this really cold, dark desert season where she wasn't experiencing God in any way. She had a, a, a passion and a desire to experience God. She, she worships on the worship team, like presses in, does what she can with the time that she has. But she felt like, like she couldn't, like, she's like, I can't feel God. I just don't feel him with me. And she, she walked into a, a room, uh, it was like a worship night that I think she was just attending or something, but just a worship night. She walked into the room and she said, God, I'm not going to leave this room until I experience you because I just want to feel your presence with me. I don't care if I'm healed from the disease that I have. I don't care if all my problems align afterwards. I don't care if I like, don't feel you tomorrow. I just want to experience you right now. And so I'm dedicating this moment, this time that I'm in this room for as long as it needs to be. She's like, I'm going to tell the pastor that I'm just going to stay laughter because I just want to experience you. And, and as she's telling the testimony, it's kind of interesting because you're like, oh, since you're hard, there you go. Like God's just going to show up. But no, God wanted her to press in just like he wants you to press in throughout this summer, throughout the school year that we have left, throughout this next season of your life if you're a senior and you're graduating. He wants you to press in. And so as the worship night's going on, she's looking around the room. She sees people worshiping. There's people crying. There's people being healed. There's people praying with each other. And she is standing there, stone cold, looking at the, the lyrics on the screen and just like, I still don't feel you, God. I still don't feel you, God. But I'm going to keep pressing in. Because she had the faith and the humility to keep saying like, you know what? I'm gonna, I, I got this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press in. I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to keep pressing in. Keep going keep going. And then finally, towards the end of the night, um, it, it just like kind of all clicked and aligned. And the Holy Spirit showed up and just just poured out love on her. She was able to experience God in a new way that she hadn't for a long time. So it's super cool that when we, when we f- follow with this idea that we're going to be humble enough to approach God, knowing that we've made mistakes, that we're not going to clean ourselves up first, that we're just going to approach God, that we do it with sincerity, and then that we do it with the faith that no matter the circumstance, no matter what we're feeling in that moment, that we're going to feel God and his presence with us, that he's going to lead us, that he's going to show up. All right, next one in this this passage that I loved. This is jumping on a little bit further, but towards the very end it says, Encouraging one another. And the spurring one another on toward love and good deeds. Twofold, right? So this is the big part that I think that we forget about. Whether or not you come to church every week is between you and God. Don't, like, it's all good. Not, not here to say that you have the time or you don't have the time. It doesn't matter. 
But this is the part that we miss. This is the part that I miss. As I get into the busyness and the craziness of life, I can show up at church every week and totally miss this encouragement piece. The whole point of a corporate body, a gathering, people together, is that you would feel encouraged to live out your faith. That you would be spurred on towards knowing Jesus better and towards living rightly. You just want to be spurred on in love and in good deeds. As simple as that. That at the end of the day, when you leave on a Wednesday night, I do not want you to go into the next day and feel anything but encouraged to live out love and good deeds in your life. And, and when we say good deeds, just to go down the rabbit hole a little bit, that I, I encourage you when you look at that to not say that, obviously we're, we're saved by faith. We just talked about that. We approach God in faith. And good deeds is not, not the end goal of our salvation. The end goal of our salvation is knowing Jesus. But in the process of getting to know Jesus, we begin to display his character. His character was to love other people, was to be with other people, be in relationship, pray with other people. He was like there on the earth to give the Holy Spirit out to the people he came in contact with. What if we lived on the earth with the goal of knowing Jesus, and then the byproduct, the, the, the trail that, that came behind us was just like, was just love and right actions. Like, don't even do good deeds. Like, don't, don't go over to your neighbor's house and take their groceries in for them. Like, that's what I think of when I think of good deeds. I'm not saying don't do that. You should do that. But don't feel like you have to do that. Feel like that just comes naturally because you're just following in the footsteps of Jesus, and you see the opportunities in front of you. You just see it highlighted in front of you. Such, such an amazing opportunity to just love on people all around us. I was, uh, Jess and I lived in an apartment in Eden Prairie before we moved into our house here in Elk River, right? It was a cool apartment building, I guess. I, I hated it, actually, because it was a, I really like space. There was no space. <laughs> and it was crazy expensive. Guys, they want like $1,500 for a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> it's crazy. The building was built in like 1980. It leaked a little bit in the roof, and um, yeah, but we hosted a lot of people and we made a lot of really good memories in our first year of marriage, but COVID and you're stuck in an apartment. It's not fun. But one of the things that was interesting about being in an apartment in Indian Prairie, especially one that even though it was really expensive was actually like on the lower end of apartments is that there was a lot of like diverse people groups. And so we had a lot of Somali neighbors. I don't like one way or the other like talk to any of my neighbors because we were in COVID the whole time. But what's really interesting is the Somali neighbors, they weren't like avoiding people, you know, like they would just kind of walk through the hall. They had parties all the time. There was these people that would party under us and they just had like, we walked down to the second, we were on the third floor. We walked to the second floor. We're going through the hallway and we come to this door in the middle of like COVID lockdown, like restrictions, don't have parties, wear your mask, all that stuff. Don't be around people. We walked to their door. There's literally like 30 pairs of shoes outside their door. They had a one-bedroom apartment. There were so many people in that room, and it was like 11.30 p.m. Jess is trying to fall asleep. She turns a fan on in her room, and she still hears them. So she just started going like this on the floor. <laughs> they didn't stop because they couldn't hear us. But it was so funny. So this one day, I come in contact with one of these Somali women, and I'm at Walmart. Walmart in Eden Prairie is a lot like Walmart here in Elk River. There's just... Uh, it's, it's bigger and there's a lot more people. I don't like Walmart. 
So we're going to go with Target gift cards, I promise. But we're, I'm walking into Walmart, had to get some groceries or something. And as I'm walking out, there's this Somali lady trying to load a TV into her car all by herself. The worker didn't want to help. Like, he just kind of brought the card out. You know how they do. Okay? She's trying to load the TV, and I go, okay, yeah, yeah, I can do this really quick. I have, like, one bag of groceries. So I set my bag of groceries down. I help her load the TV in. I had no idea who this person was. I was like, this is inconvenient because it's going to take me longer to get home now. It actually took me a few minutes to help her get it in the car. We had to open the box, remove some styrofoam. Like, moving a TV in a small SUV is not wise if it's big. But moving the story along here, I, I drive back to the apartment, and guess who follows me all the way to my apartment building? It's the, the Somali lady behind me. She doesn't speak to me at all because I don't think she can, or she just didn't want to. I don't know. But we get back to the apartment building, and I had this, uh, I used to play guitar all the time, so I had this cart that I would bring with me, and it was just sitting in the back of my car because I hated, like, hauling it up and down the stairs and whatnot, and that's when I needed it. It was when I was in my car, I would, I would pull my guitars with me to different places so I didn't have to carry them all the time, right? She pulls up behind me, and I was like, oh, so you're going in here? And she just, like, kind of nods. I was like, perfect, I have a cart. So I pulled my cart out, I got it out on the ground, and I put her TV on it, and we drove it right to her door, and she said, Thank you so much. Will you help me set it up? <laughs> no, really, I have to go. <laughs> but we took it out of the box, and it was like, it must have been like a floor model or something because there was like stands on it already. We didn't have to screw them in. We just set it up in her living room, and that was it. She was like, okay, thank you. And just like, like just like, there's a reason why there's 30 people in their room because they just love to be around each other, and they don't make it so formal. But the moral of the story, the reason I tell you is because there's just opportunities all around you. So an opportunity that was like literally just like this lady could have loaded the TV. She could have tried to carry it all the way into her apartment. She might have had someone inside that she could call. I don't know. But like if you follow God in just that one quick little opportunity, look at all of the other ones that will start to highlight themselves along the way. This one was really unique in that it was the same exact person. But what if I just would have gotten back to the apartment and I had an extra box in my car that I could help someone carry the groceries in so that they didn't have to carry them by themselves or make a bunch of trips. I don't know. But as we begin to get to know Jesus we, better, we begin to display his character and we begin to love each other and spur each other on. And that's the last point that I want to catch is be in the room. Because if you're not in the room, you won't feel encouraged or spurred on. Why would you? You'll just get into the, the mundane pattern of your life and you'll keep doing the things. And church can be the mundane pattern of your life. That's why there's two big things to catch with be in the room, okay? Two spaces. I want you to be in the private room and in the public room. The private room being, not the bathroom, your bedroom, your secret spot, the bus on the way to school, the church before everyone else shows up, the living room after everyone goes to bed, I want you to find your private spot where you're just going to like get to know God and his heart for you and his character and the way that he wants to love on you. But then I don't want it to stay there, and it won't. Because if you get to know God in that space, if you get in your bedroom and you're spending time in prayer and you're reading your Bible, you're going to want to talk to other people about it. You're going to want to share with other people, and you're going to end up in the public spot, which is this, right? That's why it's so important. I went to school to lead worship, and what they would always talk about is that your public ministry, so the ministry of leading worship, speaking, whatever, will never outgrow your private relationship with God. 
your love and good deeds towards other people will never outgrow the amount of time that you spend with God in private. Because if you just say like, yeah, I got into my Bible like twice this last week and prayed a little bit here and there. That's fine. That's good. That's a step. Take that step. But don't expect to be able to just like walk up to someone and witness to them and it is to be easy and it to just flow out of you. Because if you want that stuff to just flow out of you, if you want to experience the character of God, if you want to overflow with just hope and joy and love and peace towards other people, then you've got to spend time in the private with God. So we want to grow deep in private and then go far with others. And the reason I, I talked to you about this, it's kind of fun, the, the way the schedule has worked out. We've been uh, talking to some different students and really have, I, I have a, a desire for other, like your peers to share, kind of like Graham did. It was really cool when Graham came up here, he shared his testimony and shared some stuff that God had put on his heart. And you guys hear it differently, which I'm not offended by, I promise. But you hear it differently because it's someone that, that like is just like you. He's not married, doesn't have a kid, doesn't have a house. Like, he's not, he's just like you, just like living it out, trying to do his best. So next week, we're going to have another student share, which is really fun. We're really excited to have Elliot share next Wednesday. She's going to crush it. And then the following couple weeks, we're going to have some more students sharing to, to kind of round out May. But if I was to say one last thing to you from the platform for this school year, and it's not going to be the last thing I say, but, but one last thing, one final thought for you to take home. You guys on the worship team, you can come up so we don't run out of time here. But One final thought. Here it is. Ready? Don't let your relationship with Jesus follow the school year. Don't pick up with God in September when you start coming back to church. And don't drop off with God in April, May, June, whenever sports gets busy and you just don't have time anymore. This, this room is definitely not open every Wednesday all summer. Mostly because I don't really think there would be that many people in it. You guys are busy. You have lives going on, sports, all that stuff. Maybe we'll get to a point in the near future where the room is open every Wednesday. If enough of you text me, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But it's because our culture in the church, in youth group, all around, right? We pick up God in September. We go really, really hard. We take a break on Christmas. We take a break in the spring. And then we drop God off in May, June, whenever. Why do we do that? That's not how it works. This was the hardest thing for me to figure out as I went from, from high school and middle school to college and then life outside was that there was no pattern in life to follow. There was no like book work, no go to class, no anything. You just go to work every single day and no matter the season, pretty much every day is the same. So I'm asking you to, to, to grab onto this, especially you seniors. Do not, don't just let it drop off, guys. Don't let it drop off. Just, just like take the opportunity that you have to be in relationship with God every single day. Use, the, these, uh, use these opportunities when we're together to grow deep and then to go far with others when you come back into community. But don't, 
don't stop when there just isn't like the ideal youth group situation for community. Because I want to hear about students that are getting together at Dairy Queen to enjoy a blizzard and like talk about Jesus. I want to hear about students that are getting coffee together with their small group or with their small group leader throughout the summer. And it is so easy because it's just a matter of like reaching out to the individuals that you are in community and contact with. Take a second to text your small group leader and say like, yo, I want to get together with my small group all summer long. I promise you that if they can't show up for you, like Jess or I will show up for you, but I'm, I'm confident that they will do everything in their power to show up for you all summer long. Because we're here representing every adult. We are here to see you guys fall in love with Jesus. And if meeting with you or, or making something happen or being here throughout the summer or being at a coffee shop on a Wednesday morning or a Tuesday morning or Panera Bread on Tuesday morning means that you fall more in love with Jesus, then absolutely all day long, all the time, no matter the season, we will be there. So we're going to head back into worship, and I just encourage you to be... Um, to, to just like lean in a little bit and ask God how he wants you to live in community this summer. How does he want you to live in relationship both in the public life and your private life all summer long? <laughs>